Politicians in Washington, D.C. are gathering for the State of the Union address tonight. When asked about giving Trump a platform to speak to millions of Americans, California Congresswoman Maxine Waters screamed, If you see anyone in, from that cabinet at the State of the Union, in a bathroom, at a restaurant, at a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd and you push back on them and you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. Cory Booker, also known as Spartacus of the Senate, already began preparations for the pushback against conservatives this evening by planning to release some highly sensitive materials that will definitely get him in trouble, but Cory opted to move forward nonetheless. Left-wing political powerhouse George Soros is reported to be paying protesters to guard entrances to all restaurants, gas stations, and department stores within a five-square-mile radius of Capitol Hill tonight. Unfortunately, he's been finding it difficult to locate protesters due to record low unemployment numbers. Word has it that they were able to locate some recently laid-off BuzzFeed workers who promised to guard the restaurants as long as they have avocado toast and brunch. One informed that the State of the Union is held at night. The BuzzFeed employees declined in favor of Netflixing because adulting is just too much to even. Many wonder whether Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg will be in attendance at the State of the Union tonight. Nancy Pelosi says she's definitely 100% healthy and there's totally nothing to worry about, so let the show go on. The State of the Union comes after an extremely long and contentious shutdown giving Trump a prime opportunity to tell the American people how to perform a political exorcism in Washington, D.C. Immediately following the State of the Union, Stacey Abrams, the failed Georgia gubernatorial candidate, will be countering Trump's address with an address of her own. Early intel on the subject of her speech are that she will be calling for a recount, Trump's resignation, the end of world hunger, and for yet another endorsement from Oprah to help her chances with said recount. Welcome to the Freedom Warrior Podcast, folks. Let's dive right in. Ahead on the program, people are fleeing New York. They don't like taxes, it turns out. A Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act gets uh, gets batted down by Democrats in uh, in Congress. More talk on the State of the Union. Uh, a Second Amendment concern on ammunition tax popping up, uh, I believe, up in Connecticut. So more on that. And then an update on the tax cuts from a year ago. And uh, a really bad story out of uh, New York. With, uh, involving MS-13, a gun, and a, another man's head being blown off uh, on in broad daylight. Uh, by the way, it happened in Andrew, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's district, so that's worth noting. Uh, and then a uh, little Cory Booker segment, and then uh, I'll have a final thought. So, let's get right in. Uh, wealthy New Yorkers are fleeing. The state is facing a $2.3 billion deficit, and Cuomo was speaking on this recently, and he says that it's in part because of Trump's uh, tax cuts, which is, to be fair, I mean, his tax cuts did remove some of the deductions that negatively affected these states, which, I mean, which did negatively affect these states, but it's only because the taxes were so high, they couldn't shield from it anymore because the deductions were gone. But um, the root cause is still the sky-high taxes. 
Trump's tax cuts only exposed it. Uh, the, you know, these astronomical burdens that these states are placing on their uh, citizens. Just last week, Cuomo, Governor Cuomo of New York, proposed a $175 billion budget. But this deficit makes that a mere dream. I mean, they're not getting the revenues that they need. People are fleeing the state. Even Cuomo is starting to figure this out. He was quoted as saying, tax the rich, tax the rich, tax the rich. The rich leave, and now what do you do? Well, I'll tell you what you do, Cuomo. Stop raising the taxes and blowing out your budget and making false promises to people just so you can get you know, a little bit more power or stay in office longer. This is just the beginning. I mean, it's going to go on. Um, you know, AOC hasn't even been in, in office for, you know, a month yet. Wait till you get some of her policies implemented and wait till you have Cuomo still doubling down on stupid because you know he will. So where are all these people going? Well, of course, they're going to Florida. They're going to the Sunshine State where it's very low tax, uh, very low taxes. And it's a nice little spot if you happen to be a millionaire and you want to go buy real estate or buy a home or just move your money to a different state where uh, Cuomo can't get his mitts on it. Uh, and it's it's beyond that. So um, it's affecting New Jersey even there because they have some pretty dumb policies up there too. The Department of Treasury in New Jersey reported in December that its tax revenues dropped 35% from the previous year. So, I mean, how are these people not learning? You increase taxes, your revenues are going down. What is that telling you? I mean, people have freedom. They can, they have legs. They can move. They don't need, they're anchored to your state. You can't force them to stay at that in that state. And by the way, this gets to the point, which is Democrats want all of this stuff to be at the federal level so you can't avoid it. That's why they hate federalism. They don't like the idea that you can just flee to Florida where they, Florida has no taxes and they can't just, you know, soak you for your money. Um, so a research from WealthX suggested that 5,700 millionaires left New York City and New Jersey alone in the last year. So, you know, when millionaires pick up and leave, it leaves the middle class to pick up the slack and inevitably everybody pays the price. So how do they not know this? They may know this, actually. Let's let's be honest. They may know this. They just want the power more and they know that in the short term, they can make it work. They'll just promise stuff that they can't deliver on and then when taxes inevitably go up when they actually implement the things well the money's not going to come in you're not getting higher revenues and i'm going to touch on that a little later in the show the tax cuts the big ones that trump implemented uh and and of course congressman uh the ones that they uh implemented we have a big update we're doing well revenues are up but before I get to that, um, let me just finish that by saying all of this is only a mystery to leftists. You know, this is only a mystery to them. They're the only ones. They're the last ones to uh, get a clue on this. Okay, so Republican Nebraska Senator Ben Sass tried to move forward with a bill this week to pr- uh, protect abortion survivors. He says, we're actually talking about babies that have been born. The only debate on the floor tonight is about infanticide. This is about fourth trimester abortion, Sass said uh, on Monday. Everybody in the Senate ought to be able to say that the little baby deserves life, that she has rights, that, you know, killing her is wrong. 
However, uh, a Democrat Washington uh, Senator Patty Murray moved to block the measure, which uh, would have outlawed infanticide. And her excuse, she says that it's unnecessary because infanticide is already illegal, but the objection prevented Sass from gaining the support. So Democrats block a, you know, a infanticide blocking bill. So in other words, they're in favor of it. Um, Murray, uh, well, let me see here. Okay, so the Daily Caller had a piece on this today, and they highlighted a tweet from a doctor, uh, a former flight surgeon. Her name is Dr. Omar Hamada. And uh, the doctor said, I want to be clear uh, up front. There's, there's absolutely no, so there's absolutely no doubt. I'm a board-certified OBGYN who has delivered over 2,500 babies. There's not a single fetal or maternal condition that requires third trimester abortion. Not one. Delivery, yes. Abortion, no. So there you have it, straight from a doctor who's been delivering babies in the thousands. There's no reason in the third uh, trimester to be, you know, doing an abortion. There's no medical reason for it. There is no medical reason for it, which is why they have these wishy-washy laws that are written in ways that say women's health and, you know, it could include mental health and all this stuff. Um, So more more clarity on the subject of abortion and infanticide from Democrats. Uh, Looks like this, uh, their cards are getting exposed. And it's worth noting that Obama rejected a measure to ban uh, killing of babies who survived abortion attempts as well. So, um, you know, this is really nothing new. They've been blocking this stuff for a while. Um, you know, we, we know where they stand. I mean, Northam spilled the beans. He spoke far too clumsily on this subject. And, you know, most politicians are a little more savvy. They're, they're a little, uh, they have a little more grace and agility when they're navigating this, the subject of abortion. You know how they always have their buzzwords and and ways of getting around it. It's women's health and this and that. Um, You know, finally, someone just spoke the truth. And now, suddenly, three days later, he's got all these racism charges, which is just uh, quite a coincidence. Um, But on the subject of abortion, just a few more thoughts. And this is is, uh, just my opinion. And this goes out to the My Body, My Choice crowd. Uh, let, let's talk about choice for a moment. I understand that this is an unpopular view, but it's the truth, and sometimes the truth is not so popular. Pregnancy doesn't happen without a deliberate act taking place. Outside of the cases of rape, 100% of pregnancies occur after a deliberate act between consenting individuals. Okay, so if sex had a terms of service... Kind of like when you, you know, go sign on to uh, your your Verizon, uh, new Verizon plan for your your uh, cellular data or whatever, or your Facebook or social media. If sex had a terms of service, it wouldn't even be a mystery what it would contain. It would say something like, you accept the risk of inducing pregnancy, generating a new life inside your body, and to raise the child in compliance with all state and federal laws in accordance with yada, yada, yada. You get the point. In other words, pregnancy is not like an earthquake, a hurricane, a shooting star, or other some other unforeseen, uncontrollable event. Pregnancy, in and of, in and of itself, is a choice. 
The choice is to have sex, and the consequences are known. They're not guaranteed, of course, but they're known nonetheless. Going 25 over on the highway is a deliberate act, and you may or not be caught speeding, and you may or may not get a ticket, but the risk is real, and it's known. The same is true with with having sex. This issue will not end here, by the way. Just like Obamacare, you know, mandated the little sisters of the poor, uh, they're going to, you know, they're going to go after hospitals. They're going to go after them. That's where this is going, folks. The hospitals are going to be mandated by the next, you know, maybe five, ten years down the road. They're going to be mandated by some Democrat politician who enacts some law, some women's, you know, women's rights law, women have a right to an abortion at any hospital law, whatever, however, they'll they'll come up with the words. I promise they'll sell it and they'll encapsulate it in a nice little shiny package that looks nice on the surface and it'll be enough that everybody can, uh, you know, buy off on even though they don't know what's in it. Um, but they're going to make it to where, you know, what are you going to do if you're a doctor, you know, or you're a uh, a flight surgeon or or somebody you know that is doing that for a living and you have an objection to it you're going to have lawsuits there will be lawsuits stemming because if it is a legal responsibility of you to deliver a baby and then kill it that's that's crazy and that's the direction we're going that's where democrat politicians are in washington right now you know, that's where they are in Virginia, the governor at least, but that's where other politicians are. There are bills like this popping up left and right, and you know how progressivism works. Just give it five years. I don't care what the issue is. Give it five years, and progressivism can, can make some progress with it. Uh, so, on that note, state of, the, state of the Union, what to look for? Well, I think Trump is going to hammer the Dems on the wall funding especially as the next uh, shutdown approaches. It's not too far away. I think they said the 13th, so like another week or so, and there's another shutdown if they don't figure things out. And it's just one last chance to really you know, hang this on the Dems, this whole border issue, because eventually the issue is going to go, you know, go away if he doesn't keep the pedal on the floor. Um, he, he'll have the attention, by the way, of nearly 40 million Americans almost half of the Super Bowl, maybe maybe a little less because uh, the Super Bowl is a worldwide event, but still, way more than his uh, his address that he did a few weeks ago when he talked about the need for the border wall. That was like 7 or 8 million, I believe. This is going to be 40 million. That's what the last State of the Union address was. Uh, so I fully anticipate him to go hard on this border issue, try and sway some public opinion. And... Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how, how he does. But, um, you know, I, I also anticipate uh, that there will be lots of props, human props on both sides. You're going to have people like the elevator activist who was screaming at uh, Jeff Flake during the confirmation of uh, Brett Kavanaugh. You're going to have, um, you know, victims of illegal immigrants, Parkland uh, school shooting activists. You're going to have federal workers whose paychecks were delayed. I'm sure they're going to just drag everybody to the Capitol Hill and put them on display, which I don't really, I'm not a big fan of that, the human prop effect. It's just, if you can't make your case with your words, it, 
you know, just adding a prop, it's it's a little much. But the, the Democrats have been doing it for a long time. So if they're going to do it, you got to do it. You know, you got to play by the rules. Um, you got to keep up with them because they'll they're going to fight dirty against you. You can't go in there fighting, you know, a, a fight where you think you know the rules are just by the book because that's not how they're going to operate politically. They're going to they're kind of an at all cost by all means type of uh, you know opportunist Democrats are. So um, I also fully expect Democrats to sit on their hands for all patriotic messaging from Trump. Um, that's what they did before, so I fully expect that again. But the question is, can he get them to boo God again? Because they have booed God before in a public setting in Congress. So um, it should be interesting to see if he can get them to sit down as he, you know, talks about God or, you know, um, abortion will be another key issue to see what he can say. Um, you know, see what happens when he when he brings that up. But uh, what I hope to hear is I hope that Trump lambasts uh, Governor Northam for his abortion position. Forget about the the racism stuff. Change the way this issue is framed. Put it right back on them for their radical abortion positions prevalent uh, all across the left. So we'll see how it goes. It's all just a dog and pony show at this point. It's it's probably going to be difficult to watch. I never liked watching the State of the Union addresses under Obama. I probably won't. I may watch this one. We'll see. Um, it may just get the highlights. But uh, on on that note, moving on to the next topic, which is the ammunition tax. So a representative up in Connecticut has introduced a bill, uh, HB 5700, which would tax all ammunition an additional 50%. So she says, currently ammunition is taxed at the same rate as other products. Gilchrist said in her video, she, we want to increase it, increase the taxes by 50% because we see it as a prevention measure. Uh, her name is uh, Representative Jillian Gilchrist, a Democrat from uh, Connecticut. So this wouldn't apply to law enforcement and military, but it would apply to you. If you live in Connecticut, it would apply to you. Um, I'm here. She says, I'm hearing pushback about the need to protect one's home, but how much ammunition does someone really need to do that? So listen to this woman. She's telling you what you need. And she's openly saying that she's taxing purely as a deterrent, similar to the taxes on cigarettes. So by the way, this did, uh, generate a response from the NRA. They said this is dreadful legislation, and it punishes law-abiding citizens citizens and makes it harder to learn how to use a uh, uh, how to safely use firearms. So this is a valid point. I mean, how do you get better at properly using a firearm? You buy ammunition. You go to the range. You practice. I mean, that's what we did in the army. I mean, we you go to the range. You know how many rounds we threw down range when we when we would go there. I mean, we had a lot. Okay, it's it's expensive. It's already expensive. Ammunition is expensive. It's a deterrent already to go to the range. You know, that's why you got to dry fire. You know, put a put a, a dime on the end of your uh, your rifle and try and balance it while you uh, have a, a smooth trigger squeeze. Um, you don't need to tax it. What are you taxing it for anyways? What is it really going to do? Um, you know, I. but on that note, 
you know, I mean, you got to think. I'm not saying all people who own guns are conservatives, but it is going to disproportionately affect conservatives. So, you know, how about this? How about we tax avocados at a 50% rate? We'll tax all brunch items, uh, birth control. You know, you get my point. Why don't we start taxing those things at 50%? Um, you know, also Rand uh, published a research published research showing that there's little to no empirical evidence to indicate how taxation would influence firearm-related outcomes, such as violent crimes, suicides, etc., probably because it only takes one round to kill somebody so you don't i don't see how that's going to do anything other than screw over law-abiding citizens i mean if you're trying to kill yourself you need one round what is the what is it the tax on ammunition really going to do it's going to it's going to deter people from buying a lot of rounds from going to the range a lot which are not the type of people that you're that you need to be worried about um you know I'm just going to leave it there. Let you form your opinion on taxing ammunition at a 50% rate as a deterrent. Because, you know, how, what are you going to do? Um, I guess, what, what, are the, what is that going to do to stop someone from going out on the streets and, and shooting somebody? A tax on ammunition. Is it going to do anything? Just use your common sense and, and, and consider that. Uh, and... On the subject of taxes, back to good news. So the CBO just released a 10-year forecast. The CBO is like a, um, you know, an office or organization that does these, you know, official projections, and they're usually off. So I don't take them too seriously, but uh, leftists do. So you know, just go with it. Um, but anyways, the they released a 10-year forecast, and this is. Uh, the first to assess the effects of the tax reform after uh, one year of hard results. So the results are in, and they're using those results to build another projection. And this new projection projects that annual GDP growth will be up $750 billion higher by 2027, the final year of the forecast. Even solely uh, focusing on tax revenue, the government is on pace to collect more than 120 billion each year from that additional 750 billion of GDP, much more than enough to cover the additional interest payments, which are about 60 uh, billion. So don't forget that the tax reform that passed was also weakened by political compromises because you know leftists and the progressive uh, politicians were dragging their feet and whining and moaning the whole time and even rhinos. Uh, so there are a lot of compromises in there and look at what is happening. We're still having record uh, revenues and generating more tax revenue even after lowering taxes. That's how it works. That's how it works. Um, it, it sounds counterintuitive, but increasing tax, it's not. Increasing taxes makes people avoid paying taxes. So you get less, you get less. And there's the growth effect. I mean, this is just another example of it. But the Democrats are after control more than anything, not higher numbers, higher revenue. They want control. That's why people like Cuomo up there in New York, they might complain about the deficit, but ultimately they care about the control. Even if they have to lose a few millionaires in the process and cause taxes to go up for middle class, they don't care. They're not a party of the, of the small people. They are not the party of the blue collar. They are not. Not anymore, at least. 
So, you know, you look at states like California, New York, Illinois, New Jersey, you know, these states, it, high, put it this way, high taxes equals high debt. Because it, the more you spend, the more they increase, it's kind of like a, a, you get a raise and you, you increase your li- uh, standard of living. Well, except this is with debt. I mean, this is with, you know, money from other people and they're, they're buying things they can't afford. Um, you know, so just keep that in mind uh, that these are all uh, impossible numbers. We were told just a few years ago that, uh, you know, by the CBO, by this same organization, and also by Obama's economic wizards, um, that this was the new normal and was what was going on then. The slow growth, you know, one one to two percent GDP growth, and we'll, you know, they would, all the people said, you know, millions, or not millions, but uh, I think it was Pelosi and, and Bernie Sanders were saying people are going to die if, if we implement these taxes. No, actually, we're just going to have more money. We're going to have increased tax revenue. So, um, you know, so there. <laughs> um, so on that note, with that wrapped up, uh, just want to also talk about a really negative story, um, pretty disturbing stuff. Uh, there's actually a video of this happening, but up in New York on a subway platform, there's an MS-13 gang member uh, who just murdered a guy in cold blood and in broad daylight in front of, you know, dozens of people. Um, they were beating the crap out of him. Uh, he was brutally beaten and then shot in the head about six times, point blank. So the suspect is an MS-13 gang member who was recently released on bond of $2,500 after being arrested for attempted murder along with other felony charges. So can I just ask one question? How on earth is someone getting released on bond after for 2,500 bucks when they're, you know, arrested for attempted murder? I mean, I, what, what the hell is going on up in New York? You're letting murderers, attempted murderers, which I would say is fair to say uh, when it's a gang member, they probably murdered before. You're basically, you're saying, I'll let a murderer out for 2500 bucks, But they, they have to bust down uh, Roger Stone's doors with like, you know, 27 FBI members and a helicopter and a SWAT team and and uh, all of the other people in the, the Russia fairy tale. Uh, scandal where they're going with Mueller is going after people and you know those people have got to be locked up but you know 2500 bucks I mean for uh, for for basically a week or two or a couple of few weeks paycheck months paycheck you can get out of, of, of uh, custody and, and be back on the streets well what did he do when he went back on the streets he went and murdered a guy I mean the guy was arrested for attempted murder for the exact thing he just did and it gets worse. So he's an illegal immigrant. And also, New York City is a sanctuary city. So they don't uh, alert ICE to uh, the presence of this uh, illegal immigrant and uh, attempted and now, um, you know, soon to probably be convicted murderer. Uh, and this is also taking place in Alexandria Ocasio Cortez's district, of all places. Uh, up there in Queens. So um, she's the one who wants to eliminate ICE. 
And in fact, here's her quote. She said, one of these days, I hope people realize that the idea that ice should be scrapped isn't so crazy after all. No, sorry, Alexandria. Ice should be deporting animals like this murderer. Why is this guy allowed to roam the streets of your district? I'll tell you, because politicians like you give them the, uh, cover through sanctuary laws and by blaming your own government for misfeasance when they're the only ones trying to protect their own citizens from this kind of brutality. By the way, ICE confirmed that he was here illegally and he didn't come here through a visa program. Guess where he came? He came from the southern border. So all I got to say is secure the damn border, build the damn wall, Trump. Right there. Perfect story for Trump. Horrible story. Horrible story, but perfect story for why this needs to change. And on a different topic, Cory Booker makes a fool of himself. He's really good at that. The New York, or I'm sorry, New Jersey uh, Democratic senator tried to turn up the heat once again while grilling Naomi Rayo. I'm not sure if her last name is pronounced Rayo or Ray. I'll just say Rayo. Uh, But she is the nominee to replace Kavanaugh on the U.S. Court of Appeals uh, for D.C. And uh, Booker questioned her on whether she had ever uh, had any LGBTQ law clerks. Uh, he said, have you ever had any LGBTQ law clerks? And she responded by saying, Senator, I've yet to be a judge. I don't have law clerks. And then Booker uh, recovered and he said, he clarified, he said that, no, I mean, someone working for you. And then uh, she responded by saying, to be honest, I don't know the sexual orientation of my staff. I take people as they come, irrespective of their race, ethnicity, sexual orientation. I treat people as individuals. This is a brilliant way to make identity politics and Cory Booker look foolish. Um, you know, listen to Booker here. He's actually he actually believes adding an LGBTQ member to your staff somehow makes you more or less qualified. And what the hell? difference does it make? Should I mandate that people disclose their sexual orientation in a job interview? I thought that's what we were trying to get away from, you know, with the Civil Rights Act. No, not in Spartacus's world. Not in the world of these color and identity-obsessed lunatics. Booker went on to give her the typical religious test that seems, you know, obligatory at this um, point with Democrat senators now. He asked her, do you think that gay relationships are immoral? And then she didn't respond the way he wanted, and he 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 kept uh, he persisted, and he said, "Do you believe they are a sin?" And right there, I mean, that's a religious test. You're asking him, you're asking her, if she believes something is a sin. Sins are religious; they're a religious thing. You're asking her if she believes that it's a sin. You're holding her to a religious standard. It's it's ridiculous, and he should be called out for it, and right, rightfully so. I believe uh, Ted Cruz really, really uh, called him out pretty hard on it. But um, on that note, here's my final thought. You don't need to look far to the media slamming uh, Trump voters. You don't need to look far to find that. Many claim the lack of intellectual achievements by... Many of these voters diminish their ability to properly weigh the issues. 
they're called idiots, low low information, low education, deplorable, old-fashioned, outdated, ignorant, intolerant, bigoted, you get it. I could go on for days listing all the things and all the names that they're routinely calling people uh, of the conservative persuasion, especially uh, by members of the media, not to mention social media, academia, etc. According to a poll by Politico and Morning Consult released on Monday, half of Virginia Democrats still approve of Northrum, despite the infanticide comments and the KKK yearbook scandal or blackface yearbook scandal, or all of that. Um, So I'm going to turn this narrative around and put it right back in your face, Democrats. These are your voters, half of them, Virginia voters, that is, still approve of a man after openly talking in favor of infanticide, a man who was caught dead to rights with a yearbook photo that would have ended any and all Republicans' careers again. And had this been Trump, they would have been foaming at the mouths. We see Antifa thugs out assaulting people on college campuses just for daring to be conservative on campus. We see thugs showing up at the homes of Tucker Carlson and other political figures harassing their families. We see them showing up in restaurants screaming bloody hell until getting kicked out. That is, unless the restaurant agrees with the protesters, at which point they ask the Republican to leave. Democrat voters have plenty of asshats too. It's time for this sanctimony to end. It's time to end the condescending tone towards fellow Americans. This much is for sure. If hypocrisy were currency in D.C., we could reduce taxes to zero and still have a revenue increase. Again, my name is Derek. This is the Freedom Warrior Podcast. I appreciate you tuning in. God bless everybody. And uh, please subscribe and share. Really appreciate it. Take care, folks.